Sports Stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio, brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your. I hope that you had a uh, terrific turkey day. There were lots of uh, turkey and uh, other things, whatever you like. Uh, I don't like cranberries, but I hope that you had some if you like them. Had a terrific Thanksgiving here at home, just my wife and I and the... uh, Excitement about high school basketball kicking off here for this weekend. It starts tonight for the boys. The girls have already got a weekend. A lot of great games already on the year and uh, a lot of great games coming up. But first, a look at football. Kind of to finish off the football season, a a tremendous week it was in Northeast Ohio. Is at three. Teams from our area pick up state titles. The Vanderbilt Cougars with their first ever off the right foot of one of the two guests. For today in Damon McCracken, you hear him tell his story about how that went. The man who covered it in Tyler Segerman for Your News Now Sports will be in as well as we talk about a lot of things during the course of the next hour. And also the Coldwater Cavaliers pick up another state title. That's lucky number seven for them. And not to be forgotten the way it started off the weekend, the Bremen Cardinals with a pasting and a 31-0 win in their first ever state final. All of those things are coming up, but first, here's kind of a listen. Uh, cut some highlights of the way that the weekend that was became a state championship weekend in Northwest Ohio. Punt in the air now, fielded by David Holman at the 45. He's got blocking, cuts back up left side to the 40, down to the 30. He's got oh one goodness. man to beat and a caravan into the end zone. 45 yards on the punt return for a touchdown. It's 23-0 New Bremen. Wow. A running clock and a state championship. Storm the field, New Bremen. They earned it in a terrific fashion. The D7 state champion, New Bremen Cardinals. The snap and a kick, and it is good. Good. He got it. Just inside the uprights from 25 yards. And the Vanderbilt Cougars lead for the first time in this ballgame, 31-28. And Owen Treese can't believe it. Hands on his head. He's looking for a friend. I would think he's found friends for life in Van Wert. And the Van Wert Cougars are the Division IV state champions with a 31-28 win. They mobbed the field and what a perfect ending. And a low ball that'll be fielded by McKibben at the 18-yard line. He's got room down the sideline. Cuts back in. He needs to catch another block to the 30. Oh, there he goes. Oh, he's got room. Oh, my goodness. He's got one man to beat for a state title. For Coldwater to the 30, to the 20. Oh. No. He got caught at the last second of the 12. Eight seconds left, though. What a run back. Are you kidding me? What a run back. 26 yards. Almost the exact same spot. Snap is down. The kick is up, and it is good. The Cavaliers, with no time remaining, are state champions for the seventh time in school history. Why not? 38-35. It's funny because listening to it back, I have goosebumps all over again of just the uh, amazing play for the uh, boys of Northwest Ohio all week and just... The fact that the last two games of the state championships come down to nearly the exact same play. From nearly the exact same spot, 
with nearly the exact same amount of time left on the clock is just hats off all to DeBreman, to Coldwater, to Van Wert, to all the folks who uh, let that happen, who were safe enough to have to travel to Northeast Ohio to Maslin after the games got switched to kind of the last minute. But just know I could not be more proud of anybody uh, from Northwest Ohio. They, <laughs> they earned it, as they say in NEO. Uh, kind of a different uh, thing. Speaking of state championships, the uh, 1996 Lima Senior Squad had a, a terrific defensive coordinator named Ricky Vaughn, and I'm I'm sad to hear of his passing. I won't pretend that uh, I knew Ricky, but I met him a couple times, and and he was always this bigger than life, just amazing personality. Um, my heart goes out to his family, especially with everything going on with uh, Thanksgiving and just 2020 in general. 2020 has also cost a lot of teams games. Uh, the Minster girls are looking for a game on Tuesday night. They don't care where. Find a parking lot at Minster at your place. If uh, you uh, would like to do that, you can contact Josh Clooney, the athletic director, or uh, Mike West, the head coach. And speaking of Minster, some good news for Minster. Xavier's uh, Courtney Pranger scores her second most career points with 10 the other night in an 81-73 win over Detroit Mercy. A lot of area folks will see their teams open up this weekend or uh, in the next week or so. Bowling Green will open up on a Sunday at 2 o'clock against Valparaiso. That with Ottawa Gladorf's Katie Hempfling, named captain at BGSU. The Finley women featuring Ottawa's Bridget Landon, Madison Stowley, Lima Central Catholic, Val Mullenkamp from Fort Recovery, and Paige Bellman of Columbus Grove will first play on a Thursday night, next Thursday, a week from yesterday, against Trevecca Nazarene. Then they'll play on Saturday against Kentucky Wesleyan. That'll be a good matchup to open up the 2020-21 uh, season. Javin Etzler from Crestview scored eight points on perfect three of three shooting in a win over North Dakota. He plays at Miami of Ohio. Monday night, interesting matchup for him and for local folks. In a normal year, would be packed, I'm sure, with the uh, Convoy Pride against Defiance. Now, one big thing that kind of came out this week, the governor asked everybody during his weekly press conference on Tuesday to only have parents attend on uh, his weekly update for COVID. He kind of said, you know, this is out of hand. I hope people can do this until January 1st when we get through the holidays, sort of reevaluate. But with the cases on the rise, the OHSA came out and confirmed that uh, it is just parents only and hoping that schools are going to be able to do that. I just hope everybody's safe. Uh, I know there's a lot of different feeling on that. It's not what this is about. Just saying that was kind of an interesting thing for this week. Handful of local signings. Lincoln View's Brianna Ebel. She's going to go play uh, volleyball at Tiffin. Pair of NWC titles while playing for The View. Dana Rose of Fort Lorme is going to join her at Tiffin. She'll have a different colored ball, though. She'll be playing basketball. Tyson Elwer from Shawnee. He'll play basketball at St. Francis in Fort Wayne and be joined on the volleyball court by Paige Fordcamp. She's signed to play from Fort Recovery as well. That's kind of a look at the news and notes of this week. Again, I hope you had a terrific Thanksgiving, and I hope you enjoy basketball. We've got high school basketball tonight. Boys style, I know on uh, WKKI, we've got St. Mary's and Fort Recovery, a matchup I'm looking forward to, to uh, kick off the season. 
tomorrow night, Minster and Spencerville, both on Z Sports 3. I would imagine WCSM also on WKKI. And uh, a lot of these games, by the way, live streamed on WOSN. It's $7, and you can hear a lot of local radio on at these broadcasts as well. I know that for myself, I've been a part of a couple of these and uh, with the OG girls. It's a cool little extra thing. You don't get just the video. You get somebody's audio, and I hope that you are enjoying it. And I, If not, at Wienerman46, he handles everyone's issues on the Twitter. Back with more, we'll talk to Tyler Sagerman and Damon McCracken here as we roll on on this show, brought to you proudly by Lee Kitzel on West Irvin Road in Van Wert. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on the American road, Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. This is just the second time on this podcast that I've actually had someone who is special enough to be verified by Twitter. And at Tyler Sagerman, the reporter from uh, the sports department at Your News Now. I don't know if that makes you an extra special guest or how that works. Uh, I, I don't think I don't know if it'd be special. I mean, I got it because I was a news reporter previously in Texas. Um, I don't think the verification mark uh, was. I didn't have to do anything. I think someone else did that for me. So yeah, I don't. I don't consider myself special, but it's nice to have. You know, I guess if you are over excited about those things. <laughs> well, that was going to be my question. Was how does that work? Do they just contact you, or you just wake up one day and you got a check mark, or how does that work? So yeah. So when I when I first started, like I said, I was a news reporter in Beaumont, Texas, which is near Houston. Um, they uh, they like to have their journalists. Uh, verified uh, for you know credibility and, and getting things, making sure you're noticeable for finding stories and, and things like that. And uh, basically, from from what I was told, um, what all Twitter is looking for when they verify people is that you're authentic and that you're real. Um, so basically, you just have to pr- prove that you're working for a company, that you're a some type of either journalist, athlete, model, whatever title you want. Um, and then once they prove that, they give you the check mark because they're being verified. So, I mean, obviously, I didn't really have to do anything because I was working there and um, our social media guy, you know, obviously knew how to do it. And, you know, I woke up the next day and I was verified on Twitter. I mean, I didn't really <laughs> think anything of it other than, you know, that's cool. I have a blue check mark next to my name now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, I don't think it's as, as difficult or as, you know, as special, I guess, as people may think it out to be. Um, I just think having to get the proof that Twitter is looking for is kind of the difficult part. And uh, some people know how to get that. Some people don't. And luckily, it was kind of given to me, and I just have had it ever since. But, yeah. Well, it, it is kind of interesting, though, with the way that social media is, and especially with Twitter and everything they've been going on through the last couple of months. And 
you know, kind of to look at and go, all right, well, he might be all right. I mean, if he tells me that the Costco food court is okay, I should probably believe him. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I still have my opinions out there, so I don't know if, uh, you know, those are necessarily true or not, but, you know, it's definitely good to have the, uh, you know, have people following you. And, you know, I, I've, I've worked really hard. I, personally, I've worked really hard at, at building my follower base. I've never been, I, 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 to be honest with you, before I got into news, um, or just a journalism in general, I, I never tweeted. I mean, my Twitter following was maybe like 20 people and I maybe had five tweets, you know, since I had it for four years after high school. Um, but since I got into media, obviously, you know, social media is, is very, uh, people rely on it so much because, you know, you're not going to wait till 11 o'clock at night to watch the highlights. If, you know, a game's at five o'clock in the afternoon or seven o'clock, you want to know what's going on then and there. Um, so I obviously, you know, had to teach myself and obviously, you know, learn from others kind of how to do that, you know, balance both. I mean, you see me on the sidelines of football games. I'm one hand's on the camera, one hand's on my phone because I'm trying to do both because obviously, you know, highlights are good for the show, but Twitter's good for the now. And obviously, a lot of people want to know what's going on now, especially what happened Sunday. You know, what's going on? I mean, I was getting messages on my Twitter saying, can you get an update? My phone died. I'm like, well, I have the highlights. We got to wait till 11 o'clock. And of course, people don't want to do that. But um, yeah, no, it's crazy. You know, social media has, has grown so much and has become, you know, even more of a news factor and sports factor and just gather information uh, at a much quicker rate. Um, you know, I feel like, I mean, obviously people still watch news at late night and everything, but, you know, I feel like a lot more people now are going to social media rather than turning on their television. Um, so obviously you kind of have to adapt to that. You know, I'm a journalist probably 10 years ago, you know, didn't really have to deal with that. Now, you know, they have to think about their phone as well as their camera um, and that type of thing. So, yeah, it's good fun. I actually enjoy it. And like I said, you know, with, with how many people um, – that kind of follow me now. I'm, I'm not one to, you know, brag or care about all that, but I do like obviously getting coverage to these kids. And when I'm tagging and making these videos and tagging parents and kids and seeing their engagement, um, that, that's what I get out of it. I just like seeing them engage in things and, and being able to see that because especially at the high school level, um, you know, having, this is my third different market um, in terms of, of news and, and media um, at a different station. And I've seen to where, you know, some sports departments only cover football and basketball and the major sports and, you know, cross country and bowling and some of these small sports don't get any coverage at all. So I think it's important, you know, that we, when we go out there that we show that we're appreciative and that we're covering these, and these kids love it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been to a cross country meet or I've been to a soccer game and they're like, wow, you know, we appreciate you guys coverage. Cause I mean, I feel like anywhere out there, you know, anywhere else in the country, you're not going to get that. Because you know, all these sports departments are, I mean, granted, you know, depending on the situation, what they have in terms of resources may limit them. But, you know, I feel like it's important to cover every sport um, because everyone is a part of the community, not just to football players, you know. Um, so I, I really get a, a kick out of it when I, when I, you know, post things on social media because I, I don't do it for myself. I do it for, you know, the families and the kids because then they get to engage in what they just did on the field or on the court. And that's what I get a kick out of. So it, it's been fun, at least, you know, for the first four months here. <laughs> Well, first of all, you have an old soul in that you sound like guys are just shaking your fist at social media. You know, oh, those kids with their Twitters and, and Instagrams and <laughs> TikToks. But second, it's funny that you mentioned it that way and you talk about kind of being more than the big sports. And when I came up with the idea for this podcast, that was kind of why I did it because even with being in radio and doing some TV broadcasts, I, I found that there wasn't enough time or, or you can't necessarily just, you know, you're doing a football game. You can't work in a cross country story or whatever it is, but that was kind of the idea. It was the same thing of being able to sort of bring out more and having volleyball coaches on and having 
a couple weeks ago, all the cross-country coaches on. And it's kind of the same way that we think of how do you do that? Well, you, I keep up with a lot of these kids on social media to sort of kind of see where they're at. It gives me things to talk about about them during the games and stuff like that. And it's so cool to me to kind of see how that's grown and, and that you're able to to bring that to them. And and I think you guys do a tremendous job of that and of uh, covering. I mean, I, I barely like Jason, but I think you guys do a great job. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned that aspect of I it. I joke, by the way. Honestly, that's, that's my dude. No, yeah, you're good. <laughs> I understand. He's, he's a good guy. Uh, but I'm glad you brought that up. But first thing, sir, let me go back to that first comment you made. Some of these kids don't even have Twitter, which is boggles my mind. So when I'm trying to find a kid that just scored 30 points or whatever, and he doesn't have a Twitter handle, I get pissed because <laughs> now I can't, I can't get him to watch his own video, you know, and get in that engagement. But yeah, I don't know why some of these kids don't have Twitter. You feel like everyone has Twitter now. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of a nightly battle with me. Some kids have Twitter, some kids don't, or if they have a Twitter, it's an old account. I mean, you talked, you told me I was, I was tagging some girl that, did, you know, was at OG two years ago and I didn't even know. So, she's you know, in Toledo like, now. Yeah. Know. She was probably yeah, thrilled yeah. to know she's still scoring points for the Titans. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but yeah, no, to bring up the, the next point you mentioned, I think that's the most important point because anyone can look at a box score. Anyone can look at a score, a highlight and kind of get the basis of, of how this team or how this player is doing. Um, but to go out to practice, to ask questions, to see how they got to that point, I think is so beneficial. And it really gives viewers and just people in the community kind of a, um, a, a great background to see kind of the journey that's gone on throughout the season. Because, like, I mean, if you just go on, you know, our show Friday nights and, oh, they scored another touchdown or they won another game, now, that's great and everything, but you know, you may have not known that, hey, you know, they're doing all this without their key player who got hurt in week one. Or, you know, or this team's COVID. never been to a state before. Yeah, or has, yeah, yeah. And, I, and honestly, like, I found much more appreciation, at least for myself, in, in terms of storytelling. Um, you know, when I first got into this, I was like, I just want to be on TV and do highlights and, um, you know, talk about, you know, scores and all that. And I thought that'd be really cool. But now that you know, I started the news for the last three years, and now I, you know, obviously transitioned into sports. I still want to carry that storytelling because, like you mentioned, you know, I feel people get more appreciation out of going to practice and seeing what these kids do during the week to get ready for a game or, or these storylines that kind of you never know if you're just looking at a box score or a highlight. And those, I think, are more impactful than what the outcome of the, a football game is. You know, you know the, the, the stories that we did leading up to Van Wert and Coldwater um, really gives you perspective on what these teams have had to go through throughout the season. If you just, you know, thought, oh, Coldwater is back in the championship, you know, that's, that's normal for them. Well, it really wasn't because this senior class had never won or, you know, had never been to a state championship game. Or for Van Wert, you know, oh, well, they just have a really good season. Well, you really, they, they beat two undefeated and state great teams on the road just to get to this point. You know, it's just like things like that that just adds layers to what has been an incredible story. And there's incredible stories all over the place, but, you know, being able to, to have that accessibility, and I, I appreciate Jason for allowing me to do this because, you know, like I said, go on TV and, and you know, do your best ESPN impersonation highlights. And it's cool and all, but it really, to me, it doesn't really touch the heart of viewers and the people in the community because they can really get that information anywhere. Newspapers, radio, I mean, scores and stats are all over the place, but then to be able to, to dig a deeper and get perspective from players and coaches about what their story is for that season or for that specific game, I think is very important. I, I actually, I enjoy that more than anything. I, I rather do stories, um, you know, throughout the week than I do highlights 
um, on the weekend just because of how I feel like important and beneficial it is to people. Um, but also, I, and also people can connect to it too. You know, if there's injuries and stuff like that, like, you know, you don't just have to be a football fan to realize that this kid shouldn't be playing football anymore, you know, um, things like that. So I, I, I enjoy the storytelling aspect of my job just as, if not more, um, you know, than shooting games, you know, every Friday night. Well, and it's kind of crazy too because – with everything that you're mentioning, you talk about a game, let's say it's the Van Wert game a couple of days ago. Now, I have two and a half hours to tell that story on the radio, and we can talk about how uh, Damon McCracken, who's coming up here in a little bit, how he had never attempted a high school field goal and how he's got a field goal uh, goal post in his backyard, stuff like that. But you have part of two and a half minutes on TV now to try to work everything in, and that's why, kind of going back to what we were talking about, about your social media and the storytelling being so beneficial. Yeah, and, and that's why we try our best to obviously get those kind of storylines wrapped prior to the game, because once game time comes, you know, you're really just kind of focusing on that specific game um, rather than kind of the different out angles that kind of branch out because of it. And honestly, I'll be honest with you, I have, I've been covering Van Wert the, whole, the past month. I've seen every single game since they played Bellevue, um, which I think was the regional semis. Um, and I had no, I mean, I, I, I never saw Damon kick um, anything other than extra points. So I'm like, you know, it's probably rare for them to, you know, kick a field goal, especially in a state title game. But I, I honestly had no idea because um, I, I never really had to tag him in anything. So I never really saw anything he did. Um, I just knew that I'm like, I, I don't think I've ever seen you attempt a field goal. And then he told me like, no, I've never done it in my life or at least this year. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, for, for you to be put in that position with a state title on the line and deliver. I mean, that's, it was amazing. It was, it was spectacular to watch. Um, but yeah, no, to your point though. Yeah. We, when, when game time comes around, you know, we don't have that luxury of being able to, you know, I mean, obviously I'm sure Jason added that stat in and everything, but, you know, it, it's difficult. I don't think people kind of realize how difficult it is for people in TV, especially during a newscast. I mean, obviously, during the week, you have more time, you know, but when you have tons of games to cover, you, you get a certain amount of time to, like you said, tell the story. And, you know, to tell a, a really good story in, in 30 seconds or 45 seconds of a highlight, it's just difficult to do, you know. Um, and obviously the great ones, you know, like, you know, that are higher up in bigger markets and network TV, they obviously find a way to do it. Jason does a really good job. And so does Katie. And, um, you know, there's a way to do it. It's just, it's tough. Um, as you can imagine, you know, uh, like you said, you get two and a half hours to kind of tell your story, and, um, you know, incorporate nuggets, you know, every now and then into that broadcast where we just kind of have to find something on the fly and, and go on, uh, to the next game. So, um, you know, it's fun, but like you said, you know, I, I personally, I wish we had more time. On TV, I I used to piss my old news director off back in Texas because I like to make like three minute long packages when we're only supposed to get a minute <laughs> and a half, you know. So because I like you know I like giving more information and kind of slowing things down, but you know, especially and that's the thing, especially in today's um, TV media. I mean, everything's just so quick paced. Everyone wants to go to the next thing because people are getting bored or people want to learn, you know, something new. It's just it's I mean it's like flies, you know. You're like you're on one story for 10 seconds they're like okay let's go to a different story because people aren't interested anymore you know it's just it's just it's quick pace and i get it i really do i mean i realize you have to be turning to content every second now because people are always wanting more and more and more um but i i you know i enjoy kind of having my time and doing great things um you know with, with my stories at least because you know the more time you get i feel like the more 
um, elements you can add to it and things like that. But, you know, obviously I've, I've learned to adjust on the fly and, um, you know, obviously have to work in stressful situations. I don't know if you, that Sunday game, that Sunday night was a kind of brutal for me because that curfew obviously was at 10 o'clock and I'm, they kicked me out of the press box, um, because of it. So I'm trying to go around different restaurants, trying to find a place to edit on my laptop and send back highlights. And then they kicked me out at 10 o'clock and now I'm still having, and, you know, I ended up going to a gas station to edit, you know, my highlights back to Jason. It was ridiculous, but that's just kind of the way things are these days. <laughs> Uh, especially in COVID, but that just it gives you a kind of little glimpse of my life, you know, having to run around and make sure I get edits because we're always on a deadline. And that's the thing with TV. Um, you know, you're always on a deadline. You got to get your stuff in before the newscasters or, you know, you're going to go to black, which is the worst thing you want to do. Um, so you always want to have that content ready. And, you know, when games end at 10 o'clock at night, I mean, you're really racing and, um, you know, hustling to, to get that thing done. It may not look the prettiest, but if it gets on air, that's a win, you know, so. But to me, you know, that's not really the goal. I wanted to make it look good. So obviously having to balance getting it in versus getting it to look good is two different things sometimes. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a stressful gig. I'll, I won't lie. <laughs> they can be stressful. It's, it's exciting, but it's stressful. Well, you guys might have, for a small-town station, the most well-traveled sports department for three people ever. I mean, you've got Jason's been everywhere in his life, uh, you know, because he's an older gentleman. And then Katie being from the South, and she's been everywhere. You actually are from California. You go to Oklahoma State. You work in Minnesota. You work in Texas. And now in Ohio. I, I love the picture, by the way, on your Twitter that you're just collecting license plates at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely put the miles on my car for sure. But, you know, it's funny because I've never been one. You know, when I grew up in California, you know, I didn't really, I didn't have perspective on life because I, all I knew was what was going on in my hometown and the culture that was there. I had no, I mean, I had, when I, when I accepted my, um, or when I got accepted to Oklahoma State, you know, I had all these stereotypes. I had never, well, I visited the school and I didn't, you know, I, I got a glimpse of the campus and everything, but I didn't really get to meet people and things like that. So I still had all these stereotypes about Oklahoma, you know, all these cowboys riding horses. Like, I kid you not, like, that's just literally what I thought Oklahoma was. And you know, when I got there, I mean, it just opened my eyes. Where are all the know, horses? That, right, yeah. Where are the horses? These people are actually normal. They have their teeth, you know. Well, some of them. But, you know, like. Right. No one's know, got a cowboy hat opened, on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but, no, it opened my eyes. And I, I've always been one to try new things and do new experiences. And, obviously, coming up here and covering cross-country, I mean, I never did that ever in my last few stations. Um, so that was interesting. And obviously, you know, all the different sports we cover here, but, um, yeah. And then obviously I, I go up to Minnesota and you have all those stereotypes about how cold it is. And let me tell you, the Minnesota winter is the most miserable thing I've ever had it done experience in my life. It was awful. Um, and hopefully I don't get that here in Ohio. Maybe you can give me some tips on, uh, I don't think the snow and, and, the, and the cold gets that bad in Ohio. We can talk about that mm, maybe a little later, but I think you're going to um, have some people fight you <laughs> after this one. Yeah, well, I don't know. Minnesota is a different animal. I mean, it's it's. I was only there for a year, and You're I get a lot of tweets that say that's great and all, but you live in Ohio now. Just wait. Yeah, no, I hey, I love the snow. Don't get me wrong. It's just when no, it gets no, the wind. Again, more people are going to fight you. <laughs> hey, I'm ready for it. I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, no, to your point, yeah, I mean, I just I just enjoy the journey. Um, you know, I I. I feel like it's only benefited me because like I said, had I stayed in California and done some routine jobs, you know, I wouldn't know what it is to live like in Ohio, what Ohio is like. 
um, or Texans or Minnesotans or Oklahomans. Like it just being able to go to new places and experience new things for, for a good amount of time, you know, I just feel like it benefits people because you, you, you learn so much about different cultures and now, you know, what you thought was, Oh, that's stupid. Or, you know, that's not right. Now you realize, wow, you know, like these people, you know, actually have a point on why they do things like this or like how things are done. And, you know, it's not just, you know, your typical stereotypes, you know, maybe what you guys think of people in California, you know, unless you go and experience and live it, you know, yeah, you're going to have your, what you see on TV or in the paper or in the radio or whatever. Um, but you no, know, it's not, I mean, obviously, you know, some of those things are true, but like, unless you go and experience that, I feel like people can't really say anything. Um, because you're, you're not up close and personal with that. And that's what I've been blessed to have in my life is I've been able to live in, I guess that's what, five different states now in the last seven years. Um, and it's just been a blessing because I've had all new experiences and cool things happen to me that I would have never been able to have under my belt or be knowledgeable about had I not, you know, taken the journey and the path that I've taken. Um, and obviously now that's ended up me in Ohio and I've enjoyed every second of it. Although it's starting to get cold and rainy now, which, <laughs> I'm not a fan of, but I'll have to get used to that, don't I? <laughs> right. That's that's the unfortunate part. I think uh, having worked at WLIO and having been around uh, TV and having been obviously from this area, I always find it interesting when folks, you talk about what you were exposed to, a lot of reporters uh, come in, whether it's news or sports, and they talk about just the area and about state championships are, are a normal expected thing here. And it's kind of crazy to see. And Katie talked about it when she was on here about, you know, we didn't do this or that or whatever at my previous places or in the South or whatever. And now all of a sudden, it's like every weekend a team has a shot at a state championship. And it's so cool to be able to see kind of how people embrace that. And, and especially in a normal year, how they flock to that and go to those games. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's been a blast. I mean, like, I said before, you know, the, the two previous stations I've been at, they, they obviously have great people in their jobs, but whether it's resources that they're allotted or just the fact that they just don't want to go out and do the work, which I applaud Jason 100%. I mean, he's obviously done this and, and been there for quite some time, and he's still out with me on Saturday mornings going across country meets and covering all these soccer and, and um, you know, football games on a fair, Saturday. He's, he's just trying to get out hours. of his house at this point. Well, yeah, I get that. Trying but to get away still from the girls for a little bit. Yeah, no, I, but it's still a lot of work and stress. Because I, mean, I do the same thing. I mean, me and him on Saturdays, we're the only two guys. And we're, we literally get up at 7 in the morning. And we're, we're turning content. We're not turning content, but we're gathering content all day long uh, to put into our 6 and 11 o'clock shows on a Saturday. Um, especially when football this year, was, we had football on top of that. So, I, I mean, just to, to give you an idea of what a Saturday would look like, I'd get up at seven, you know, go to like Salina or um, some cross country meet until about noon. Then we had about two or three soccer games before the afternoon. I'd come back, try to put whatever I could together, then go out and shoot two football games, playoff football games that night. I mean, that, that was a typical Saturday for both me and Jason. I mean, you, that's just unheard of in most sports departments. One, because, you know, they're not going to allow you that much time, which, I mean, this, obviously, our station is really passionate about sports, so they give us all the time we need, um, which is one, unheard of. And two, you know, you get some sports directors that just, you know, are content with, you know, covering just football or covering just the basics or the professional sports because that's what most people care about. And while that's the case, I mean, there's still so many, uh, and that's what I appreciate Jason for, for covering every single sport because there's so many 
um, fans and families that branch out from like one cross country kid, for example, can bring out 10 fans. And if you cover that one cross country kid, now look, you have 10 more viewers. And now that those, that viewership from sports could probably transition to news because now they're tuning in earlier to make sure they catch their kid on TV. And I don't think people realize that or maybe care enough about that uh, because cross country, I'm just using cross country as an example, of course, but you know, these small sports that, you know, people, you know, on a bigger picture, like, well, no one cares about that sport, like girls basketball, like no one cares about girls basketball. But if you think about it, are there people in the stands that girls basketball? Yes. Are there players and, and friends of players and siblings of that, that, that team? Yes. Okay. So if you cover that team, does that not give you more of a chance to get more viewers and more people looking at your content and engaging in your content and wanting to follow you and see what you continue to do with that content? Of course. So why not do it? And like I said, whether it's, I mean, like I said, the last two stations I've been at, the guys that are, you know, in charge of them are great and very knowledgeable. But like I said, whether it's, you know, I hate to use the term laziness or just the limited resources they have because they're small stations. Um, you know, it's tough because I see what we do here and I, I, that could be done anywhere, in my opinion. I mean, granted, we get some help because we get more time for our sports block than most other stations. But in terms of, you know, if you have three people, you should be able to get as much content as we do. Whether or not you could turn that all in one day, you know, you may have to spread it out throughout the week. But you shouldn't, you shouldn't sac- be sacrificing content because you only have two people, you know. Um, I think it's just be- – I, 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 I don't know. It's just, I think it's just more of the mindset that some people have because they only care about – you know, in Texas, you know, all we did was football and basketball and baseball. You know, Wait, yeah, that, they were still Texas? soccer. Yeah, I get a little bit. Why yeah, don't they publicize big, that? I don't know. You know, I, I thought there might be a movie or something now <laughs> about 10? that, but I, I could be there. Yeah, right. But you know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's great. Yeah, football is like religion in Texas. Like, obviously, you want to put all your not not all of it, but most of your time and effort into it. You know, but there's still soccer. There's still cross country. There's still golf. Uh, but we never covered any of that just because, you know, like I said, either it was the resources or people just didn't care enough about it. And which pisses me off a little bit because, you know, these are athletes. That, whether you're sports or news or whether your job is to serve the community and, you know, by dismissing a team or an athlete because of the sport they play in, I feel like it is a service because they're a part of the community. They're looking for coverage. They're looking to see what their, you know, how their impact is on you know a specific community and things like that and if you're, you're not going to cover them because oh well they're a sport that no one cares about well she cares about it her well, family cares also about it. you sure have the opportunity to make people care about it right exactly and I, like we have people don't realize the amount of power we have when we continue to cover cross country and show that how great this sport is and show how you know crazy you know cross country can be you know or whatever you know, more people are going to want to tune in and learn more about it. You know, you just got to put in the work. That, that's really all it comes down to. And that's what makes WLIO, I feel like, the perfect spot for me to start my career in sports because we're, we do everything. We're nonstop. We, are, we, we will kill ourselves when it comes to sleep because we care about the community because we want these kids to show that they're appreciated and what they're doing is impactful um, in any sport they play. And I, I, that's the first, that, that's, to go back to your point about being exposed to different things. This is, that's the first thing that popped out when I accepted this job and moved up here is the fact that we'll literally sacrifice our lives, whether it's sleep or travel um, or anything to get these kids on TV and get content because that's an, in the end, that's what we're doing. 
You know, it's not for us to look glamorous and all that, at least for me. You know, for me, I just want these kids to show that what they're doing is awesome. I want them to engage in it. And because I mean, I never got that when I was a kid. I don't know if you got that when you were a kid in high school playing. Well, sports, I didn't get the one touchdown know? in high school that you got. Well, <laughs> it, that was a JV touchdown, so I wouldn't <laughs> really call that a real touchdown. We were down fifty nothing, so it was like a wide open. We got the one yard line type thing, but um, yeah, no, I just I just think with with the amount of platforms we have for coverage and the the quick access to it as AI Twitter. You know, there's no reason that, you know, a kid from Wainsfield Goshen who's, you know, like Taylor, for example, who is literally killing all these cross-country meets, you know, shouldn't be covered because of where she lives or the sport she competes in. You know, like her family reached out to us and be like, you guys are amazing at what you guys are doing with cross-country. Like, we never experienced this before. Um, you know, and like things like that, like one message like that is all I need because that shows me that the work we're doing is paying off and that is impactful, you know, and that's, that's really what I get out of doing this job. I don't do it for followers. I don't do it for fame. I, I do it because I want these kids to realize that they have a, an opportunity to not only be show, be appreciated of what they're doing and their talents that they're showcasing, uh, but to also how allow other people to engage in that activity. Um, and, and I, you know, we have so much power as a small news station market to do that because these kids in this area, if we don't go cover them on TV, who is, you know, then right. that's, that's honestly the unfortunate reality of a lot of these small schools around the country, you know, especially if you're in a bigger market, like a Dayton or Cincinnati. I mean, you think really the D seven schools in Cincinnati are getting any coverage at all, even in football? No. And it's unfortunate that, and there's a lot of good stories and good athletes, I'm sure in those areas, but it's just the, the reality is they don't get any coverage. And it's unfortunate because, you know, like I said, there's there's probably some really good um, things to be uncovered in, in a school like that. Um, and obviously that just doesn't get the uh, the attention it deserves. But See, I mean, like I said, I'm at, because uh, my wife is from Cleveland and it's a big market. They only care about D1. And I've always said that whether it's news, TV, radio, newspaper, whatever, that we have not only the most passionate fan bases, I mean, Heck, just look at last weekend, but the best coverage because of what exactly what you're saying. Almost every single person I know that I consider worth it in uh, getting these kids coverage does it because it's the right thing to do to get the kids coverage. And I know I have times where I don't sleep for three or four. I mean, I had four championship games in 72 hours. I didn't sleep for a couple of days, but you know what? when the field goals go up and the kids are smiling and the parents are jumping for joy, it's all worth it. Oh, yeah. And it's not just these kids that we're, we're serving. It's the parents. It's the people. In the, I mean, when I, I went, I've been, I've probably driven more to Van Wert than I ever did before I started covering them. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't think I've ever been to Van Wert until they, they played Bellevue. But I've been there at least five times since that game. And, the, I mean, the amount of people that, you know, have told me, like, you guys is like you, your coverage of our team has meant so much for this community you know, not just football, just unifying the community of what the showcase, what this team has had to do just to get to this point. And that just hearing that just, I mean, you, you can't help but smile because what you're doing in terms of a service to the community, granted it's focused on football is much more than football. You know what? I mean, obviously the Tim did the work. We're just portraying the story, but granted, 
you know, if we don't go out there and cover the team like we do during practice during the week and let people know, hey, what this team is doing is unheard of. You know, it's historic. People aren't going to know. And obviously that's, that's the power media has is getting that information out there. But again, it comes down to the, the amount of work you're willing to put in to make sure you get that satisfaction out of it from, from the community, from the parents, from the players. Um, and honestly, you know, that's why I think I've built, like I probably had 500 followers on Twitter before I started here. And I think I'm up to 800. I don't even remember what You're I'm all up, up to now. 60 now. Yeah. But honestly, it's because I literally, and Jason teached me for this, but I literally will stay at the station till like midnight, 1am putting together like extended highlights or even some shots of fans or kids in the stands doing like, you know, cheers and all cute and everything. Um, but I do that every night for every single game. And the kids and parents, I've had parents reach out to me saying, hey, where, you know, are your highlights up yet? I'm like, yeah, I'm getting there. You know, cause, but they're, they're, the, the reason they're doing that is because I've made it a, a, you know, a mission for me or I've prided myself on making sure I am getting that content out to them. So now they're expecting it. And that's why all these people are now following me because they're now looking, hey, if this guy comes covering my game, I know I'm going to get on TV or I'm going to get some engagement. Um, you know, tonight. And that's, that's why I love this job so much is because, you know, these kids, like I said, I didn't really get to experience this when I was a kid. So to be able to give back and give these kids kind of the recognition and the exposure that they so much desire, especially in a social media centric world now, um, it's just awesome. And obviously all these players now are retweeting and liking and commenting and it's just, it's awesome to be able to be a part of it and just to be able to not only, like I said, serve these athletes, who are playing, but their parents that are liking it, their their families and friends that are liking it, you know, mayors that are like, and it's just you're doing so much more by covering a small team. I mean, I'm not saying it's just a small team, but just covering something in general. Um, it, it's not just it should, yeah. It may for the story may focus on a football team or a player, but it goes much more beyond that if you're willing to put in the work. Uh, well, I know there it. were a couple of times this week that I, I watched everything you guys did all week, all week because I, I'm always trying to find that weird little thing. And somehow I heard something a couple of days ago about Owen Treese's dad, and I tried to attribute it correctly on the radio and apparently <laughs> gave it to Jason when I shouldn't have. No, I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's the one that put it together. But, um, but, but I'm glad you brought that up because, like you said, I honestly didn't know that until I went out to practice and someone told me, hey, um, no, actually, no, this is how it happened. I kid you not. So I had been tagging the Van Wert Cougars Twitter handle and all of their games or whatever, and they start obviously trusting me and relying on me saying, hey, you know, what's the score of the game or what's going on? You know, because, but that's, again, I had to do that myself. It wasn't just like, oh, they know who I am, blah, blah, blah. Like, I worked to gain that relationship with them. And that, that doesn't just happen overnight. You've got, especially me. I mean, I just started, I moved here in August. You know, no one's not going to know who I am um, other than what I've been able to do on Twitter. But because I put in the work, because I stay till 1 a.m. in the morning, making sure that these videos look as good as they are and making sure I can find all these Twitter handles and get all these tag, kids tagged in and engaged with. But they, they see the work that I put in and now they're like, hey, you know, this kid's really good or this guy really cares about what we do. And, so they reached I, I we were texting back and forth. I forgot about what the conversation was, but they said, Hey, Owen Treese is my neighbor and his dad was an all stater. And I'm like, You're kidding. 
And that's how I found out. It wasn't like I wasn't at practice or anything. And Owen never told. I talked to Owen three times prior to that, and he never mentioned it. But it was because of all the work that I did on Twitter that they like, oh, hey, you know, we can trust this kid or we can have the relationship to where we can talk about things like this. And they told me that, yeah, he's my neighbor and his dad used to play blah, blah, blah. And yeah, we can hook you up if you want or whatever. So I got his number. And next thing you know, we're setting up an interview in front of his plaque inside the high school, (laughs) you know, but that all, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea. It was a great, you know, little piece that we put together. Um, But again, it all comes back to the work. I feel like the work that I put in because the the person who runs that Twitter handle, you think they would have given that information to me had I not, you know, tagged them and everything or shown them that I'm interested in what they put together. No, that trust, you know, yeah, exactly. But it's, again, it all comes back to the amount of work you're willing to put in. And obviously, Jason and Katie and I, we pride ourselves on killing ourselves for the people. And that's how it should be, you know? Well, but, I, I can uh, tell you yeah, that you guys was, are doing a great job. No, I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I, and I thought that honestly, all the faction we need, you know, we don't care about the engagement or about the, the likes or the ratings on TV or anything. But if, if people, all people have to say is, hey, we enjoy what you do. We know you guys work hard and we, we are very appreciative of the coverage we get. You know, that's all we need because that just motivates us and fuels us to keep on going. Uh, because we know if we're going out to a soccer game at Shawnee or going out to a, a volleyball game at Liberty Benton, like they know that they're going to recognize us and they're going to know that, hey, they care and that they're going to put out a great product of what we do on the court tonight. And that's, that's honestly what makes this station in this area so special that I haven't been exposed to before is um, the amount of work that we put in, but also the satisfaction appreciation that these communities uh, now are accustomed to, because like you said, I mean, it's for, I mean, I'm not obviously going to name names, but like, for example, if like a dating station comes up to a cold water game and we talked about this before, you know, for maybe once every year. Yeah. I mean, obviously you know, they're dating or whatever or Toledo and, you know, they have more followers and viewers and everything, but I mean, doesn't mean they're going to do better work. You, you, right. Well, and not just that, but like, I mean, are you really going to see them and be like, oh, you know, hey, you know, no, you're going to look at us or WSN or someone, someone who's there every single week, you know, to show that, you know, we're there, we're covering you guys. You know, if we're just going to go to a, a Liberty Benton game or, you know, a Marion local game once a year, then are we, are we really showing you that we care and that we are wanting to cover you? No. I mean, granted, again, Sometimes it's limited resources, and sometimes, you know, we like to help other affiliates out when they can't get there. I get that. Um, but I just think the more times that you put yourself in that realm of a bubble, per se, of a sporting event, you know, they see you, and they recognize you, and they know that you're going to put out a great product and be there to do a great job because you're there time and time of again. You know, it's like, oh, if I'm going to go visit my family every weekend, you know, they're obviously going to be excited and can trust me and um you know we'll be excited but if only am i only visiting them once a year then i mean they're probably going to be disappointed or you know you're only oh here you finally get to come type thing you know um you know so i'm just obviously it's grateful to be able to go to all these different sporting events on a consistent basis you know we try to hit every school and that's the other thing i don't think people realize is we're covering schools that aren't even our dma so our, our signal in terms of our cable station only covers three counties. Yeah, we cover teams in about eight. So we're basically going into other people's like Toledo's and Dayton's DMA 
and covering their team. Why? Because we know that those stations either have bigger priorities, which I get, you know, big and bigger stations, or they just don't want to make that drive up. And so obviously that leaves, and, and I'm, I've seen this happen, especially in Texas, where you kind of get on that border of two DMAs from two different markets and they don't get any coverage because no one wants to make all that drive. And it comes again, it comes back to the work you want to put in and you're not going to willing to make that drive. These teams are not. So that's why, you know, when you go to these small schools, like for example, like Wingsville Ocean, where I mentioned Taylor and her cross country. I mean, yeah, we don't get out there as much as we, you know, we want to because they're far away and they're a smaller school that kind of is not, I mean, again, they're not even in our DMA. So really we, we shouldn't have any reason to go cover them because they don't get us on TV. But because they're close enough and because no one else is going to claim them, hey, that's an opportunity to get not only more viewers, but to get us more engagement and more stories. And, you know, in the end, I'd rather go travel three hours. I mean, granted, we're not going to do that. But, like, go. I mean, I'll go over to Indiana and, and cover a kid. If it gets him, you know, that story and that engagement um, that needs to be, you know, portrayed and, and get out there because, you know, I'm, there's so, I'm sure there's so many stories in these rural parts of Ohio and Indiana and Pennsylvania, if you will, that are just, you know, sitting there because they're in small cities or towns and they're not, you know, on anyone's radar because they're not in big enough conferences or big enough divisions to, for anyone to care about. And it's unfortunate, you know, there's, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of that out there. And like I said, in Texas, I mean, it's even worse because, you know, I mean, everything's so big and wide out there that, I mean, your Houston station is not going to travel two hours to this small town of 500 people to go do a story on this amazing kid that, you know, played towards ACL and ran for a thousand yards the next year. Like, no. And so we were, and honestly, that's why I feel like small stations to get more credit for the amount of work they put in. Because again, if we don't coverage, if you don't do radio for OG, if we don't go up to Putnam County, you know, these kids aren't going to get any coverage. Right. And it's unfortunate because, you know, there's a lot of great storylines, as you know, with these teams, um, especially in this area, because we're really successful at small school, you know, sports. Um, but I, again, it just comes down to the, the amount of work you put in and, um, you know, what you're willing to sacrifice to get these kids the, the coverage they deserve. And they do deserve coverage. You know, you, you, you do, you, you participate in a extracurricular activity and you do well at it, you deserve to get credit and showcase kind of what you're able to do because, you know, not everyone can rush for 4,000 yards or whatever. And you shouldn't be, that, that shouldn't be kept a secret just because of where you live or the team you play for, you know? Um, but obviously we do, we try to do a really good job of getting everyone um, that spotlight. And even like we do a segment, I don't know if you're familiar with called scholar athlete of the mm-hmm. week. Um, I, I, that's me. I mean, obviously Katie and Jason pick them, but I go out to each school and I talk to the teacher and the coach and the player. And, um, you know, it's fine. I just did a, a scholar athlete on a girl named Lauren Stanford, who's a really good basketball player, but she plays at Riverside. So obviously we don't get out to Riverside a whole lot because of where it's located. And, um, you know, just because of the, the geography behind it. So we didn't have a whole lot of highlights, but what I was able to do was, you know, showcase, well, I went to practice, obviously, and got some shots of her, you know, shooting the ball and everything. But, like, you just you, – you, you, I was able to tell tell people kind of the person she is from others and also what she else. Like, she was the first scholar athlete I've done this year that does radio. You know, like, that's just a unique nugget that I would never have found out or, you know, that she had an older brother that she looked up to or, um, 
you know, that she wants to do kinesiology or whatever. But it's like, again, you don't know those things unless you put yourself out there and want to go, you know, be exposed to these communities and these kids. Um, And I think we do a really good job of wanting to, you know, learn more about these kids and wanting to tell their stories. You know, we're not just, oh, it's not Lima. We're not going to go out there. It's not. Um, you know, Wapak or um, Columbus Grove or anything, you know, we're only going to stick with those towns because those are the only people that can watch us. Well, if we had that mindset, do you think we would have the support and the satisfaction that we have now? No, but we're willing because Jason wants to go out and grab towns that aren't being claimed by anyone else and try to make them ours. And it's not really just about making them ours. It's just more about getting them coverage more than anything. Because again, if you, you have the small town, you know, in Van Wert, I mean, Fort Wayne, Indiana probably goes to maybe one Van Wert game all year. And obviously Van Wert's not an RDMA. They probably get mostly Indiana, the Fort Wayne station. Um, you know, can you imagine if that, that season wasn't told at all? <laughs> I mean, it just, it cringes me to be able to realize that, you know, a, a team like that, I mean, granted they're D4, so I'm sure somebody would have gone, but you know, if they were a D7 team, you know, like it probably wouldn't get, you know, the newspapers obviously would get there because newspapers are in every small town, but, you know, it wouldn't have blown up probably to where it was. it is now in terms of what they were able to do this season. But I'm, I'm sorry, I'm talking too much. I apologize. But I just, I don't know. I just, I, I've never been exposed to the amount of work and the amount of coverage we're able to give this community in this area. And I, I just, I enjoy it so much because of the, the ethics that I have in terms of myself of why I do this job. I think it's great. I think it shows that you're passionate, and that's the whole point of bringing people on here and then letting them tell you who they are and people get to know you. I do have a question uh, kind of to wrap things up. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving this year, obviously with your family kind of being you being scattered and being kind of a, a moving around a lot, what's Thanksgiving like this year? Uh, well, yeah, it's funny you mention that. So they, my family was actually here. They came up on friday so well to give you a background so ever since i moved away from california i probably only see my family maybe once twice a year at most um so it's not it's not a common occurrence to see my family so when it is i try to make it a special and and sink it all in as much as i can um so i saw them for the first time yeah right now they were gone They, they were flying out of cincinnati when i went up to costco um, but they do love Costco. Uh, it's California. Is that in and out? Uh, we'll, we'll fight for that. Um, but we, uh, they came, they flew in Friday into Columbus. Um, and obviously they knew that I was going to be working Friday and Saturday. And then I realized last week that, oh, by the way, we have two teams in the state championship on Sunday. So then, of course, my mom was a little upset because she had this Sunday planned out. We're going to go up to Toledo and send us and take a look at the area and whatever. But um, so, well, I was able to get my dad a field pass. Um, which I didn't think I was going to be able to do with all the COVID protocols and especially with the venue being changed at the last minute. Um, you know, I didn't think I'd be able to really help, but he, they, in California, it's uh, uh, stupid. I mean, it's a complete shutdown. There's no, they're not playing any high school sports. There's no college sports. The only thing that's being played in California right now is MLB or was, I guess, was the MLB, you know, the Dodgers and the MLB and then I guess USC and UCLA and Stanford, Pac-12, but that just started. So he has never seen any football in his life. And obviously, you know what happened Sunday. So he's on the sidelines with me, just in, in taking in experience because he's a big sports lover. He's, he's what got me into sports in the first place. 
I mean, obviously he sees two game-winning field goals, you know, to win a state champion. I mean, what what better way to have your first football game in 2020 than to be on the sidelines in Massillon seeing that, you know? So that was awesome. Um, but to fast forward, yeah, so they left um, last yesterday. They're going to go see my brother. He's still in Oklahoma. He's in Oklahoma City. Um, so I have a friend um, that I'm going to go over to um, – to her parents and uh and spend thanksgiving with them or her aunt i think um but yeah so i won't i won't be spending it the thanksgiving with the, my family per se this year which i haven't been able to the past few years but um i was able to see them this week uh prior to them leaving so that was awesome well that's a plus uh i thank you so much for coming on i uh i have enjoyed it. i i wanted to get you on here for a while and kind of like i said kind of try to get people to know you and kind of get uh the voice or the personality, I guess, behind the lens, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been able. Well, I know Jason wants to. Well, I'm going to be anchoring soon with Katie and the holidays coming up. So, um, I know. I mean, again, I don't. You know, it's not my goal or whatever to to get on TV and and be famous or whatever. And that's not whatever why I got into this business. But you know, it is good for people to kind of see, you know, who this Tyler Segerman is who's been filming all these games or whatever. But, and I, and I think, you know, to, you know, to wrap things up, you know, people have already started doing that. Now there's a, uh, a woman from Botkins, I think who runs their Twitter and she's like, are you Tyler? And I'm like, yeah, you're the one who puts all together our videos, aren't you? I'm like, yes, I am. So like people are starting to kind of realize it, but again, that's, I'm killing myself till two in the morning, you know, to do that, which I'm, I don't, I'll do that every night if I have to, because that's what gets these kids coverage and what these kids, I just want people to engage in what these kids are doing on the field. And Twitter is the best platform to do that in because you can like it, you can retweet it, you can comment on it, you can share it. Same thing with Facebook, you know, just being, just putting that video out there for people to see and engage with is all you need to do because then it just takes off. You know, if you don't do that, if all you shoe is show is, one goal that aired at six o'clock at night. I mean, who's really going to see that? And then people aren't going to be able to engage in it and rely on you to be like, Oh, well, they're going to do a really good job, or they're going to be back out here. No, you know? So, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been fun. And, you know, I appreciate you obviously giving me time to rant, uh, probably talk too much. So I probably have to do some editing, but you are now uh, officially, I, appreciate the time. No, I never edit these. <laughs> I, I always, unless something really bad happens on my part, I never edit these. But you yeah, are officially okay. well, the longest interview on this podcast. Oh, there you go. I'm setting <laughs> records now. There you go. Uh, people want to reach out two. and find you on social media and find what you're doing. Where do they do that? Oh, yeah. Really simple. So, so my Twitter handle is Tyler Segerman. Just how my name is spelled, T-Y-L-E-R-S-E-G-G-E-R-M-A-N. And then uh, my Facebook, where I post a lot of the same content, um, is Tyler Segerman TV. Same thing, T-Y-L-E-R. S E G G E R M A N T V. Um, that's my Facebook work page. Um, either of those are great. If you, uh, want to see what I'm covering that day or the stories that I'm putting together throughout the week on a uh, different teams of players. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. Yeah, of course, Michael, anytime. I'm sure I'll see you soon. Uh, at one of these basketball games oh, here probably in, in a couple days. I appreciate yeah. it. Yep. <laughs> that's Tyler. Have a good day, man. Talking about everything going on in Northwest Ohio back with more here in just a few.
Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on the American road, Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Irvin Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Last weekend, a terrific weekend in Northwest Ohio as uh, three teams that claim state, state titles, but in a, a three-hour span, uh, two kickers put in field goals to uh, win it. One of those, uh, Damon McCracken, and the first-time uh, state champion, Van Wert Cougars. Do, does any of that get old hearing it out loud? No, it's, it's, it'll probably never get old. That's, it's an awesome moment, and I'm going to admire it for the rest of my life. Okay. Well, let's talk about that moment. 12 seconds left on the clock. Uh, I'm watching the video right now, and you walk up there right before the field goal. There's uh, a couple of plays before that. I mean, Owen looks like he's trying to find a guy to hug. Nobody's around. Nobody wants to be his friend. But with the timeouts and kind of with everything that goes on, be honest. Are you freaking out inside when you right before you put that ball off your foot? Um, before the first couple of timeouts, I was a little bit nervous, but I kept on coming back to the huddle and my teammates would crack a couple of jokes and make me laugh a little bit. And that made me feel comfortable. And I was able to put it through because of that. It's such an interesting thing because that's, it's an odd thing, you know, in baseball guys throwing a perfect game. Nobody wants to be his friend. Nobody wants to say anything to him. They don't want to be the guy to mess him up. But, I mean, those guys are just telling you jokes. I mean, that's that's a completely <laughs> different st- style of thing. Yeah, they know how to get to me. We've been teammates for, like, about three or four months at that point. So, it, it was a good group of guys, and we knew how to talk to each other. I joked with somebody, and I said, I wonder if Disney's called him yet. Have they been on the phone with your story yet? Uh, No, not, not yet. It just feels like one of those movies they'd make, right? Yeah. I, I mean, going into it, we talked about it early on. Uh, there's a fourth down in the first or the second quarter, I remember, and it would have been about a 32 or 33-yard field goal. Coach decides to go for it at that point, and I remember saying on the broadcast of Damon hasn't attempted a field goal at this point. I mean, this season in his high school career, uh, is that was that just them or I mean was there ever a chance you were going to be on to kick that at that point? Um, I'm not really sure what the coaches were thinking, but I was definitely ready for any moment that they needed me. The moment came later in the game. So, where did you go during the week? I know you have the field goal in your backyard, but uh, your dad told me you went to Spencerville to kick during the week. Yeah, that's the closest artificial field that we have to Dan Wirt, so. That's where I go for the games that we had on turf to practice. Now, walking walking up there is just a crazy thing because 
I realize you don't think about it at the time, but being able to kind of look back at kicking that field goal, what I was most impressed with from you was you then, people seem to forget this, you then have to go kick off, and you have to not kick the ball out of bounds. You have to not kick it to a certain guy. You have to do any of that. From the time you kick the field goal to the time you go to the tee, I would imagine that you just have to be, you want to jump up and down and celebrate, but you realize we've got some more work to do. Yeah, uh, a couple of our coaches are trying to remind us that we had to go kick off after that, and a lot of people were celebrating at the time, and there's still nine seconds on the clock. So it was a bit of a cool down to go kick off, but it was still an electric moment for sure. When Owen finally, when he pulls the interception down as time expires, how ready were you to celebrate? Oh, I was I was super ready. Everyone was on the sideline getting ready to rush the field. And as soon as Owen got that, we all like blew up with excitement. It was crazy. How was the, the community during the week? Because I know a lot of people talked about, and it was sort of, you know, you have to talk about it as a storyline, the, the redemption, so to speak, of the last time Van Wert's in the finals, they lose because of a kick. This time they win because of a kick. I mean, I don't think you should ever have to buy anything in Van Wert the rest of your life. Uh, I wish it was that way, but uh, as ironic as it is with the the losing it off with a kick 20 years ago, it, it was awesome to win it with a kick this year and for it to be me was even better. You're on your way home, I would imagine. You hear the end of the Coldwater game nearly the exact same spot, nearly the exact same time on the clock. Did you just kind of laugh of, yeah, that's great, Brady, but I've done that already? <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I mean, he got it at the buzzer, so it was just a little bit cooler, but uh, same moment, same place. It was, it's cool for both of us. Very cool. Season starts out. There's a lot of pressure on you guys earlier in the year. You have the big one on St. Mary's. You go kind of go back and forth in that game. You find out, all right, maybe this is what we could be. Lose to Ottawa Glendorf. How does that reset your mind in as far as a, a team aspect of, all right, all right, we've got that out of the way now. Let's just go win every other game. Uh, yeah, that, that loss to OG showed us that it's not going to come easy and we're going to have to work hard every week to win the game on Friday and Saturday. And OG definitely set us up to be prepared to win or come to practice and prepare ourselves to win. What was the first conversation with the your brothers and your dad like? Uh, they just told me how proud they were of me and how uh, I, I deserved what I got with how hard I worked outside of practice, and they were super happy. A couple were in tears. That's it what was, I was going to ask. Crazy. Did your dad cry? <laughs> I, I, I saw him tear up a little bit. and it, it, He was pretty emotional, excitement, and just being proud of me. It was, it was a mix of emotions for him. I've had him on before, and I've talked to him. I, obviously, I talk to him a lot, but I, I kind of want to ask you from – him being your dad and being a, a big figure in the community of, you know, what's that like knowing that whatever you do, obviously whatever the community does and what the Cougars do, that he's going to be there backing. He's going to make sure things happen. He's going to be there supporting. He's always going to kind of be your biggest cheerleader. Yeah. He, he's always been that way ever since I was little playing flag football for the Y league. He, he's always been the loudest guy in the stance and 
very supportive of me with whatever I do. And he's been a great cheerleader for me. Your brothers will all say them, obviously, but with all the, the athletics that go on, who's the best athlete in the family? Um, we, we have that debate a lot at our house, but we, we all have our own category of what we're best at. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we like to keep it that way. See, I've seen three of you play now, so I mean, at least uh, I've got a little bit of a background as far as football goes. I, I, I don't know. You know, it's kind of interesting, but I would think with Thanksgiving coming up, uh, that's probably a, a dinner table discussion. <laughs> yeah, it probably will be. Does that make you, uh, at least for the week, uh, I know Dad's got to go back and forth, that make you his favorite, at least for the week? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely going to be the most talked about for the week. I don't know about favorite. <laughs> Well, right. At least this time when that happens, it'll be a good conversation. Yeah, for sure. What's, I mean, you look at that and how far are you able to go uh, with the hype and getting back in town? And I'm sure everybody wanted to throw a party and kind of with the craziness of it, though, how far hype are you still right now? Oh, I'm, I'm still ecstatic. About every night, it's been hard for me to fall asleep just because of how excited I am about winning a state championship. How do you transition to basketball now? Um, we're taking it kind of easy to start off with. Our coaches have been taking tips from other schools that have won state championships and transitioned to basketball really easily, and they're doing a great job with that. I'd imagine that... I, at least if it was me, I know at your age, I would be just starting every sentence with, yeah, mom, this ice cream is great and all, but it's not as good as that time we won a state championship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could use that for pretty much any sentence, right? Yeah. I, that, that's definitely the best feeling for, that's going to be the best feeling for a long time. You got to at least make your dad buy you a car for, I mean, you got to be the game MVP. Uh, yeah. My mom joked about that for like, for a little bit. My dad, was starting to consider it, and then she brought him back to earth and said, no, that's just a joke, and kind of disappointed me a little bit. But Well, it's kind of funny, though, too, because after the game, when I got home, I talked to my wife. That was the first thing that she said to me. So he's got to buy Damon a car now, right? Because he's got to be the MVP. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was that way, but well, sadly it's not. I mean, I, I got to imagine you'll end up being okay. Yeah, Probably. Well, I am thrilled for you guys. I, I was so over the moon. I mean, just because of, of everything I know that you've worked for and the way that 2020 has been such an odd year that you were able to bring that home. And, and congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. And thank you for coming on. Yep, no problem. Talking Van Wert football, the state champion Van Wert Cougars with Damon McCracken, and we're back here in just a few. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kissel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on the American road. Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter 
matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy to understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top of the line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062, and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Can't thank them enough for being a part of this show. If you are in town, like Rich Harlan, who was on this show a couple weeks ago, I took him to my place and had dinner, and he said, wow, I can't believe these prices. Maybe he pays a lot more for things in Northeast Ohio, but it's a uh, terrific menu anyways. Go early, get breakfast, and uh, tell Doug thank you for being a part of this show. We've got uh, more things coming up next week. We'll talk about the basketball season. Hopefully have some basketball coaches and everything going on in the winter. It might not feel like it, but I'm sure winter is coming. We'll talk to uh, some great folks throughout the course of the winter, but thank you so much to uh, Damon McCracken and uh, Tyler Segerman for being a part of uh, today's show. That's all I have for today. Again, gobble, gobble. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Have a great night. It'll be better tomorrow from uh, Around the Hearn. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.